Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Truth Family, your place to learn all about love, relationships, whether you're single, whether you're engaged, or whether you're married, this will help you to find happily ever after. We talk about love, relationships, family, marriage, kids, life, and living, and so much more. And today, as you all know, we have a guest. Her name is Julie Loyne, and she's been with us before. She's the mother of uh, four beautiful children. And she has a husband and a music ministry with them. She has a degree in theology and she's joined us several times. We have a little podcast uh, going with her on marriage and family life. So we're super glad to have her back again. And today we're going to be talking about what is marriage. It's obvious. It's where two people get married and you live happily ever after. And yet, at least 50% of people get divorced. And they say up to 75% of people in inner cities get divorced. Why? Because perhaps we know what marriage is, but perhaps we don't actually know what marriage is. And we we can find it, but we don't know what it takes to make it work long-term. So in this video, we're going to be making it work long-term and telling you everything you need to know about what marriage is and what marriage is not. Thank you for joining us, Julie, on this show. Thanks, Brian. I am so excited. And especially for this topic, um, it is near and dear to my heart as all the topics have been. But this one, this one took a lot of prayer and a lot of thinking on how to explain this to your to your audience. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. It's very important because, you know, when I was thinking about getting married, I actually didn't want to get married. I felt called to marriage, but I didn't want to get married because everyone around me had the most miserable marriage. Everyone I know was divorced. The people I knew that weren't divorced were either getting divorced or were just not happy in their marriages. They were just squeaking through. They were just getting by. And I was like, why would I want that for the rest of my life? Why would I want mediocre happiness when I'm pretty happy right now? And why would I want to fight and be miserable and have people hurt you for the rest of your life? Nobody wants that. And so I kind of kind of turned me off to marriage until I realized, you know, until I saw good marriages like your husband's mom and dad. And I was yes. like, wow, it is possible. You know, what is the difference between a good marriage and like almost everybody else's? So I guess that's all we're going to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. There's like a, a, a series of of a, an array. You have people who are married miserable. Then you have people who are kind of just surviving in marriage. You have good marriages. And then like you saw, talked about that 7%, which are like thriving marriages. And that's what we want to yeah. get to today. We want those people to find where they can thrive, where they can, they can be joyful. They can be happy within their marriage. Exactly. And uh, so where do you want to start today, Julie? What would be the best place to start? So I was talking with my favorite philosopher. Um, I so happened to be married to him. But we were were kind of discussing um, what marriage is and how to even begin to uncover this great mystery. Because marriage truly is a mystery. It's a sacrament. So it's a total mystery to us. But to kind of understand what's going wrong, I kind of wanted to flip it upside down and talk about what marriage isn't. And kind of how things are falling to pieces in order for us to grasp how we can then have a good marriage. So I'm going to start, if that's okay, I'm going to start with um, kind of what's happening in our world right now, what we're seeing. And it's so blatant right now that that people are so focused on self. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to kind of share a little bit of of the subjective reality and the objective reality in our world. So for people, culture, isn't it? it? is. It really is. So the problem is people are so focused on the subjective reality, focused on self, how I feel about things, how I perceive things versus having this beautiful combination of both, right? We need to have the subjective, Brian, what's your favorite pizza? Where's your favorite Um, place to eat pizza? Bella Napoli in Milford. Perfect. And mine's (laughs) this like, right, right. Gives us an example. Mine's like this brick oven pizza place. So 
that's great. That's our subjective reality. This is my preference. And that's great. We have to have that. But then there's this other thing called objective reality, something outside ourselves, something that transcends ourselves. And most people don't want to look to that. So let's Stuff say like gravity right, makes things fall down. <laughs> exactly. Or my favorite example that um, Father Mike Schmitz talked about is, and I might've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but he talked about this girl walks into the school and she's like, guys, grab an umbrella. It's raining outside. And this girl's sitting there and she goes, no, it's not. And she's like, no, it, it it's raining outside. And she goes, but to me, it's not. And she's like, that's great for you, but it is, you know, like there's this, this, this false idea of what reality is. Reality is reality. Truth is truth, regardless of how you feel about it. Right. God exists or doesn't exist. It really doesn't matter how you feel about it. So, so when we're looking at objective reality, it's something outside of us. Right. So in our day and age though, people are going into marriage focused on self. What am I going to get out of marriage? How am I going to feel? And then you get this me mentality. You're seeing it all over with like social media. You're seeing it with the the rich and the famous. I'm choosing me. I'm choosing what's making me happy right now. So my husband's not making me happy right now. He's actually like cramping my style. So I'm going to go find someone who gets me. I'm going to find someone who fulfills that need in me. And and literally the opposite of love. Full opposite. It is full opposite. And so people are standing on the altar, giving their life to the other person. But in all reality, they're saying, what are you going to give me? How are you going to fulfill my needs? So this subjective reality is now the focus. Um, and I think that is where we're falling to pieces here in our world. And I, I think um, when we look at uh, the objective, when we look at what needs to happen, they need to be together. This, this idea of uh, I, I'm reading this book, Brian. Have you read The Evidential Power of Beauty? No. Um, it's an amazing book. Um, and it goes through beauty and it talks about why some people perceive beauty and others don't. And I, I promise this all ties together. So right there, he talks about how scientists are so focused on the objective, right? They're so focused on my findings, earth, nature, science, that they're forgetting to stop and see the amazement and let it let it fill them, let them, uh, find some sense of, of awe and wonder in what they're perceiving. And so now we have this differentiation between I'm only focused on the objective and I'm only focused on the subjective and it's totally split in half. Um, and, and you can just see how it's all falling to pieces in our world. Yeah. And I say the same thing, you know, like you said, it's all about me, you know, what can I get? How is this going to make me happy? I asked, uh, I don't know if I think I might have said this before, but, you know, I went to a adult diocese and uh, was we had uh, we we're all youth ministers and the two most popular youth ministers in there loved by all. You know, I went up and asked the guy because I really wanted to know I wanted someone to give me the answer to, you know, how can we have a good marriage when everyone's miserable? So I asked him, you know, I was like, why are you marrying your wife? And I like caught him off guard. He's like, oh, um, well, um, hmm. and he was actually like he had. <laughs> He had to think about it for quite a long time. He's like, well, I guess um, love, um, maybe happiness. I'm like, oh, I was like, dude, you're not helping me. And so love and happiness, that's what they say. But what does that even mean? 
You know, I think our world says, you know, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have a lot of sex. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to go on vacations. I'm going to have a partner to make me happy. And so I won't be lonely for life. Yes. Whereas true love is a complete self-giving of yourself, even like a sacrifice where you give to the other person, even when it hurts, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't want to, and even when they don't deserve it. I've been working on that one. And uh, because I realized that God loves me so much, even when I don't deserve it, even when I'm pathetic and fail him constantly, he still loves me. So I've been praying, Lord, I, I need to love others that way, even when they don't deserve it. And that's real love. And Jesus shows us that kind of self gift of love. And I think that's why so many couples say, oh, well, you know, we got divorced. I'm like, well, why? Oh, well, because we fell out of love. Oh, all well, that the time. basically just means that you thought love was a feeling. Now you don't feel it anymore more, or something's not working. and You're not willing to do the hard work. So, you know, love is far more than feelings. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of practice. I think there's a a lack of initiative in a lot of marriages that they don't want to put the effort in. They don't want to, they, they really do want to focus on what is making them happy in the moment, that pleasure seeking, that instant gratification. And so people aren't willing to put that sacrifice in. And that's a problem also when it comes to having children, people see children as a burden. They see them as uh, like a money sucker. And so again, it's focused on the subject. It's focused on the self. So what, what are children going to give me? What is my spouse going to give me? And if they're not giving me anything, then then I'm out. And I've heard this so many times from Mike's coworkers or people he's worked with in, in uh, the business world where the marriages are are failing because one person's making more money than the other person. And it becomes this like power play and this power struggle instead of this, we're working together as a team. We're working together in this life. And, and I guess that kind of leads into the next piece of, so if it's not about me, if it's not about my feelings, it's not about what I'm getting out of this, then what is it about? So what is the purpose of it? And what did God intend marriage to be? Um, and you can go all the way back. This is my favorite. You can go all the way back to Socrates to find the answer to this. And he says, the transcendent third needs to be a part of all relationships. The transcendent third. And Socrates wasn't necessarily talking about God. He was talking about some commonality that you find, right? So, but for us, the fullness of marriage is trying to find that transcendent third and bringing that, bringing God into that marriage. And most people don't want God a part of marriage. God, stay out of my bedroom, right? Stay out of my, stay out of my money situation, stay out of all of this. So when we take God out, it becomes me focused. So when we stand, I think about, um, I think about our wedding all the time and it was, it was so magical. It was so beautiful. And truly at that moment, both Mike and I came before each other and all we desired was for God to be a part of our marriage. And what, what that meant, we didn't fully grasp yet. I feel like it took us, you know, these 11 years to kind of figure out how God would be involved in our marriage. But when you are willing to say, God, I'm giving myself over to this person and to you in order to find heaven. And that is the whole point. Mike says this amazing quote. We, this was like, months ago, we were talking, I had to write it down. He said, in the sacrament of marriage, both of your redemptive stories are bound together. So my redemptive story getting to heaven and Mike's redemptive story of getting to heaven, yours and Kathy's stories of getting into heaven is reliant on each other. It is no longer about me. It is now us. It is focused on the two of us getting into heaven with the transcendent third, which is God. And that's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. So hard. Because it's really hard. 
But Jesus said, if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. Meaning you're not going to go to heaven if you're not willing to suffer. I showed you the way to heaven and it's through the cross. And literally, that is what marriage is. I think more than the priesthood, more than the single life, you have the chance to go to heaven through the cross because you literally have a hundred times a day to die to yourself. When you live by yourself, you have nobody calling you out for your sinfulness, your stubbornness, your, you know, all your crap that you have, you know, but like when you're married, you get called out all the time. It's like you're a mirror to each other and uh, you have to change. You have to be different. And uh, even recently, my, my daughter has been going through uh, sleep mania, crazy sleep regressions, like not just at two, but also two and a half. And she's a terrible sleeper anyways. And the other night she was waking up every five to 10 minutes because it for like three hours because she just wanted us there and she refused to be consoled unless we were there. So I was like so angry and I tend to get angry when I'm like way overtired. And so I like, was just like upset at her and, uh, I've been forcing myself is and I never would do this otherwise because I wouldn't have opportunities, but I'm forcing myself to be nice to her and to be loving, even when I want to like rage and like be angry and yell and scream at her and tell her to shut up and go back to sleep. It's like, I just have to force myself to learn to be charitable, even in the most difficult um, circumstances. And that's making me a better person. Um, So I think that selflessness, you know, in marriage, that the difficulties in marriage will make you better if you accept them. Most people don't accept them. They just <laughs> almost fight against them, I feel like. Oh, people try to run from suffering. I, I think in our culture, especially suffering is evil. Suffering is bad to them. Um, when all reality, it's the only way. The only it's thing the opposite that- of what you talked about, the me, me, me. It's yes. like, if, you, if you're all about me, you don't want Christ. You don't want the suffering. And I think that I think a huge difference is you don't have to want to do it, but you have to do it. So Brian, you didn't want to go in every five minutes, but you did it. You chose, you practiced, you, you work towards that. And I think a lot of people think like, well, if I'm not happy doing it, then I don't, I don't want to do it. But a lot of times that choice of choosing love, choosing sacrifice is what God asks of us. I mean, we do it every day. I, um, the, the, having these four kids and and one on the way and being so sick and so tired. And all I want to do literally is sleep. I love my bed. I told my husband, I love God. I love him. And I love my bed, like right there. I love sleep right now. I'm so tired. So when the kids are asking me for things, mom, I need this, mom, I need that. Can we go do this? Can we do that? It's a choice to get up and do it. I don't want to, I don't love doing one. it. Yeah. It's really hard. So I think when we can choose to go outside of ourselves and do it for the other, then that is, that is what sacrifice is. And it makes us better. Yeah. That's a really good point. Good for you, by the way, you know, congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) We're really excited. Yeah. It's literally the opposite of the me culture, you know, and that's why so many people aren't happy in marriage because it's all about me and they get fulfilled and they get happy and they get everything they want for a little while. And then it all fades away. You know, because Mm -hmm. us humans, we only take things for so long and then it just gets boring and we need more and more and more. We have this drug addiction personality, I guess, as human beings. Whereas if you give, it's kind of like the person who's really lonely and they're like, oh, if I could just find a relationship, then I'll be happy. I just want to find someone who will love me and then I'll be happy. No, you won't. You'll never find love because in looking for love, you're not going to find it because Mm -hmm. love is giving to the other person. It's not taking that selfishness. It's giving. So when you give to another person, you also get it in return and you find it. Whereas if you seek to get, 
you're only going to get for so long and then it goes away. And I think that's the problem in our culture is that people don't want to do the hard work of marriage. Marriage is hard work. And if you're not willing to do the hard work, you're not going to receive the mountaintop experiences. You're not going to experience the blooming roses and you're not going to experience the power and the beauty of true love and what marriage is. Yeah. I remember right before Mike and I got married, I was getting our last minute, like detail items. And the guy at the checkout counter was like, Oh, these are really cool. What are you, what are you getting these for? And I was like, Oh, I'm getting married in a couple of days. And, and he goes, Ooh, don't do it. Don't do it. Turn <laughs> around, run away. And that is the mentality is, is like marriage, marriage bad. You know, like we don't, we don't do that. You're just going to end up miserable and divorce, but it is that work, that effort that you put into it. And I was listening to um, Matt Walsh, which I know some of your listeners might be like, yeah. And some might be like, no, oh. but I love Matt Walsh. And he was talking about um, relationships and, and he was reading like a Reddit comment thing. And this girl was like, my soulmate, blah, 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 soulmate, this soulmate, that. And he goes, listen, your soulmate is a person you walk down the aisle to and you get married and your souls become united and your body and flesh become one. That is your soulmate. Because what will happen is you will marry someone and then you'll meet someone else and they're going to get you more and they're going to understand you more and they're going to they're going to fulfill your needs more. And so then you're going to say, well, actually, I got it wrong. This person's actually my soulmate. He said, that's the tendency is to always be looking for something better, something greater. He said, but once you enter into the sacrament of marriage, soulmate, bonded through the sacrament of marriage, the mystery that is beyond anything we can imagine. And I think that people don't tap into that idea of sacrament and what that means because when you get married to someone, God wants to pour down that grace upon you. God wants to give you the grace through, um, through, uh, I always feel so uncomfortable saying this, Brian, but like through sex, like when you give yourself fully to your spouse, God's pouring down grace upon you through confession. Um, I was listening to Scott Hahn the other day and he was talking about, yeah, I go to confession every week because I need it. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I should probably do that too. But he said, you know, that, that cleansing of your soul so you can give to your spouse is so important but people don't they don't recognize the beauty of the sacraments and how you are a living sacrament you are the primordial sacrament being in the sacrament of marriage and how beautiful that is and how does that tie into a covenant oh that's beautiful um so a lot of times when people look at marriage, it's just, you know, a signing of paper. Most of your listeners have probably heard that before. You know, you sign a paper, I'm married. It's a legal document. This is something beyond. This is something, I mean, covenant goes back into the Old Testament. It's this bond, this unity between man and God. And so God is uniting himself to you and your spouse through covenant. And um, Bishop Barron would take it a step further, not Bishop Barron, the Catholic church, but Bishop Barron is like a huge proponent of this. It's beyond a covenant. It's actually a sacrament. So God elevates it through his death and resurrection to be a sacrament where God now is uniting himself to the couple and now is able to pour grace upon grace upon grace. So when you're miserable and going through a hard, hard time with your spouse, God's like, I got you. I'm not leaving you. I'm in this with you. But we don't think of that. Provided we have a prayer life, provided we don't forget God in our marriage, provided we don't get so caught up and so busy in the day that... God is not even on the radar. We might try to give him a minute before bed. No, we actually have to have God in our marriages, which is what a covenant would be. And uh, I like you mentioned a contract. You know, it reminded me of what you said at the beginning of the show with those, you know, you know, really... <clears throat> 
well, more well-off people who have good jobs, but their spouse doesn't, and they're not happy with that. And so that becomes a power struggle. And it's all about a contract. It's about, mm. you know, signing documents, who has what it's about. You have this, I have that. And even when they get divorced, oh, well, you get this, you get, no, when you have a covenant, everything I have is yours, including all the money I make, which is more than you, or vice versa. Everything you have is mine. We literally give not just our money and not just our time, but our whole selves, our lives, our livelihood, our hearts to each other. And when you have that kind of an attitude and you want to work for the good of the other person and you want to do what's good for them and you want them happy and you want them holy and you want to get them to heaven, that anyone can get married. Anyone can have a marriage. Not everyone has a sacrament. Most Catholics don't even think about the sacrament of holy matrimony because the purpose is to get our spouses to heaven. So are we giving our whole selves to them? Are we calling them out when they're not being holy in a charitable way? Are we pushing them toward holiness? Are we pushing them to give up sin? Are we pushing them to make up, you know, make things better? And are we allowing them to push us to do the same thing? And uh, I've been meditating on that lately because I don't do that lately. I don't like to be called out. I don't like to be corrected. You know, like I don't want to work does? on my stuff, but I really need to. So I've been <clears throat> asking God to help me just shut up and listen and learn lately. And uh, there's a lot that my wife has to teach me. And there's a lot that other people have to teach me. And I want to learn those things. And so I just need to be quiet long enough. But I think that's the difference between what I see a contract and a, you know, a covenant and a sacrament is you give everything to the other, even when it's the most difficult. And if you guys haven't seen our show yet, we had a couple of shows on the difficulties in marriage and how to get through those. And we will have more in the future as well. <laughs> yes, many more. I'm sure this topic could go on forever. Correct. Yeah. I and, and just to kind of wrap up a little bit here, I, I think um, something, uh, what you can do, I always like when I listen to a podcast and it's kind of like how I can be proactive. What can I do then? If I want the sacramental marriage, if I want something, I want to be a part of that 7%. Um, I would say run to the sacraments, run to the Eucharist, run to confession, um, give yourself fully to your spouse and, and the way to help your spouse, because you can't change anyone. Only God can do that. That's take that weight off of you. Take it off because that's not your job. God will change your spouse. But what you can do is change yourself. So if you are becoming holier, if you are praying more, if you are going to the sacraments and receiving more, um, I learned that very quickly that sitting before the Eucharist in um, adoration or receiving the sacraments frequently changes me drastically. And so I can love so much better mm -hmm. because it's not me loving, it's God loving. When I'm receiving God, he then can pour himself out from me. And when I am failing at prayer, when I am focused on my phone or watching shows and not reading and doing all these other things, I fail so much quicker. And trust me, I fail plenty enough with the sacrament. So <laughs> it's like so much worse. My my patience, Brian, you're talking about like, you know, getting angry in the middle of the night. I'm like, man, I do that all day. I <laughs> like my temper. I pray frequently for my temper because it is, it's hard with the four kiddos and not being like, ah, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very, you know, quick to, you know, be like that too, but I've also been hardcore working on it a lot, you know, because especially, you know, toward the beginning, our baby was, and I want to have a couple of shows on like crazy kids. I think you had like a high needs kid who was extreme, made you want to just die. And we have two. And so maybe we can have a whole show just on that. But I was like, for the first six months, it's like, I couldn't even get through life. It was like, if it was like so difficult because our baby has such a high needs temperament. And, um, I just be, I was so angry, like a lot, at a lot of things. And I have had to force myself 
to not be. And even when I get mad at her and angry at her, and it's like, especially when she was starting sleeping, I had so many issues. I would snap at her. I'd say, go to sleep and just get angry and like try to almost like bully her to go to sleep. Cause uh, to be honest, sometimes she doesn't, unless you know, you're firm with her, but then I took it to the extreme and and I'm like, ah, I was like, you know, it's what people did to me. I was like, it only made me angry. I don't want to leave that as a legacy for her. I don't want to make her angry. So I have literally had to work on myself over the last few months. And I've worked hard to try and not be angry a lot and not get angry, not let little things get me angry, but to work on patience. And I've offered all my rosaries and my my sacraments and <clears throat> my prayers toward, and I've grown a lot and I don't get angry that often, thankfully anymore. But I also don't have three kids like you, where it's probably a lot more trying and they're all a lot more crazy constantly. But I am really working hard because I don't want to be that person. I want to be loving. I want to be kind. So like that love that you talk about in marriage isn't just for our spouse. It's for our kids too. We can't try to love our spouse, but then abuse our kids, yell at our kids, be angry at our kids all the time. It's like, we need to love them too. Cause it got me thinking, I was like, if I died today, like what, what is my legacy that I would leave behind? Is it just a impatient, angry, emotionally reactive person? I don't want that. I want my daughter to remember me and have good memories of me and just, wow, he was really loving. And so I've really forced myself to take some concrete steps and make some and put some blocks in place to make sure that I don't go down that route and I become different. And I'm still praying about it. And I guess I will be for a while, but I, I am in a much better place and I'm thankful to God for that. So I agree with you, you know, and one of the big things that's helped me with that, and I want to have a whole show on prayer too, oh, um, yes. is just taking more silent time. What I'm always filled up with everything all the time, yelling, 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 screaming, neediness, all this. I have nothing more to give. But when I can take, we're going for a walk and they're quiet for like five seconds for once. Okay, you know, I can take that time just to be with God. If I can, the more silence I can take, the more he fills me up and the more I have to give. So that's been helpful in my life. I love that. And I think you being proactive is exactly what God asks of us. You know, we can't, we can't just sit in who we are. We always have to be we have to be striving to be better and doing the proactive things to to being better. And I also think be, having a young, I, I say having one kid is so much harder than having multiple because the kids play together. You are the only one playing. And I think, Brian, you- And our kids it, like having three kids in herself. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think, I think recognizing too, like this was a really hard time. And the fact that you're choosing to do something about it is so beautiful. I think that is, it is amazing. Cause I think when I had one kid, I just kind of like stared at him and he stared at me and we just, it was really hard. It was so hard. <laughs> I got slapped in the face by St. Teresa of Avila recently too, because I she was saying- her. She was saying that if you don't give up everything, going back to this covenant thing, if you don't give everything to Christ, sacrifice yourself for Christ, and you you avoid the cross and you avoid sufferings and you avoid, she said, you, you're becoming an enemy of the cross. Mm. Said, whoa, she just punched me in the teeth. I was like, so I'm trying not to be an enemy of the cross. I'm trying to take all of these sufferings, no matter how hard they are. Every time I want to get upset, I'm offering up offering them up as a gift of love to God. And yeah. if they're a hundred times a day, I have a hundred gifts to offer Jesus. He offered lots of suffering up for me. So that's what I've been trying to do for my part. And um, it has been helping and I need to keep praying on that and keep working on it for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. That is a really hard one to hear though. <laughs> uh, yes. I love St. Teresa of Avila, but she really is like punch you in the face. Like, this is what you got to yep. do. And you're like, okay, but it's hard. And, and I, I like for your listeners, we, Brian and I don't like suffering. We don't like it. It's not fun, but you do it. You choose it because it's love. Yes. And you become better. 
You know, people who are lazy on soccer teams, baseball teams, they don't want to do the running that the coach says. They don't want to do any of their practices because it's too hard. Well, guess what? You don't win. You don't succeed. You're a loser. And God doesn't want us to be losers. He wants us to grow. So suffering isn't a punishment. It's to help us become the best versions of ourselves. Amen. Yeah. And, and one last thing to to leave sure. people with, just just to another proactive thing that you can do is pray with your spouse. Um, it might be really awkward and clunky at first. Um, Mike and I do morning prayer together and night prayer together and, you know, different things throughout the day um, on our way to uh, see if our little one was still with us because we oftentimes lose our babies at 12 weeks. He was like, let's pray for rosary. And then after we found out our baby has a heartbeat, we were so thrilled. And he was like, let's go to the chapel. So it's this God is always through it all. The God is God is with your marriage through everything. But you have to, like Brian said, you have to be constantly seeking that. You know, let God in. Let God be a part of your marriage. If it's a difficult marriage, let him in and listen to our past podcast because we kind of go through how to how to help that and the love languages and all that that goes with it. Yeah, amen to that. Definitely check out our podcast. And we're going to have a lot more in the future. So stay tuned. And if you haven't subscribed yet, do so. And uh, if you like this video, definitely please like it, share it with others. There's, our world is desperate for marriage and a good marriage, a happy marriage, and just happiness in general. There is a crisis of happiness. Can I have a whole show on that? I mean, you can have a whole show on so many of these topics. But um, I want to thank you today for being on the show, Julie, and for sharing your wisdom and your marriage with us. Thanks, Brian. And I want to thank all of you too for watching and for tuning in. And we hope that this has helped you in some way. And if you have any questions, please leave them in the comment section below or in the description section, we have a questions link now where you can send us your personal questions and we will answer them. Someone on our team will get back to you and answer any questions that you have. So thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you all for watching. And um, if you haven't checked out our actual Catholic Truth channel, make sure to check that out too. So God bless you all and pray for us because we're always praying for you.